Mike and Viana got to play some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H A P B M B. Mike and Viana got to play some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Everybody and welcome to the RHAP B&B for episode 13 of Survivor Island of the Idols. My name is Mike Bloom, here to get into yet another very eventful and interesting episode of Survivor 39. I am joined by a pair of individuals who are as clean and colorful as the pair of Nikes that has apparently become a main story point. Liana Boris, how surprised are you that we planted that flag and it was somehow discovered weeks later? Yeah, I like to think that it was somehow inceptioned in um, because as soon as Nora started talking about his shoes, I was like, oh my gosh, like Mike brought this. We've discussed this and now it's happening. It was very, very, very exciting. Puya Zanvakili, our guest this week, frequent guest on the B&B, lovely individual and co-host of the uh, Mass Singer wrap up. Uh, are, are you a shoe guy? If so, how do you rate Dean sneakers personally? We'll do a latent buffer snuff. So as a, as far as a shoe guy goes, I own shoes and I wear them for necessity. So yes, I'm a shoe guy. I'm not a sneakerhead, so I can't quite look at a pair of kicks and be like, this is really good. I do like the color combination on his sneakers and I had noticed them before. So for them to get their own spotlight a little bit and a little bit of, um, you know, view for everyone. I like that. I got to imagine Dean's going to throw those on eBay at some point and make bank. Dean Bay. <laughs> Oh, uh, that sounds like it, what like his significant other could call him, Dean Bay. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see the uh, the fan account Dean Bay at this point with like them photoshopping like or maybe like a filtered picture of all the stuff that Dean did because I mean it was a big Dean episode. It was a big episode in general, and look, I will not do you know the big introductory statement that we did during our merge episodes podcast, but suffice it to say. Look, we are a fun and games podcast, and we intend to be a fun and games podcast for the rest of this installment. But let's get the Dan stuff out of the way here. And I will say up front, uh, if people don't want to necessarily hear that conversation, totally understandable. If you want the fun and games, just cut to about the 19 minute mark. But I feel it's important to at least broach the subject because uh, I know that we have opinions on it. The survivor community at large has opinions about Dan's ejection from the game after we had heard about the warning uh, in the merge episode and we had seen several other incidents. It appears at the end of the episode, it was informed that an off-camera incident involving a non-cast member and Dan was finally the straw that broke that camel's back and led to Dan being the first player, I would say, formally ejected from Survivor and leaving a lot of people very confused and upset. Uh, I would love to take the temperature of the room and get sort of your thoughts as to this moment, this scene, this season, etc. Uh, Leon, I want to start with you first. 
I mean, needless to say, I'm not happy about the way that this whole thing was handled. Um, I mean, and we don't know the full story here from what it looks like and what people have commented on. There does seem to potentially be legal action that's happening right now. So, you know, I, I don't know how much that plays into uh, how Survivor can then handle this whole situation. But from the way it looks, it looks like when a player brought forth allegations against Dan, it was ignored. And then when it happened to somebody in production, that was when action was finally taken. And this is something that for me, again, just looks like the real world where when you have people who are, uh, you know, in power, they're the ones that then actually make something happen and don't listen to those that are, you know, I don't know, beneath them, maybe just because of the way that the power dynamics of Survivor are like, it feels like the contestants are, you know, sort of underlings ish. And so that's what is like so incredibly frustrating to see. It's like, this is why believe women like this is why you need to listen to the allegations that are happening. And additionally, like, it's just. Oh, my God. It just drives me crazy that, you know, then the way that Survivor wants to handle this is with like two quotes about Tommy and Janet saying about how we need to move on, which I get it from the TV show perspective. They're going into the finale. They need to move on. But when stuff like this happens, we have to talk about it. We have Mm. to acknowledge it because otherwise it will continue to happen. I mean, so that that's what's really frustrating but with the whole potential legal action that i feel like is going on like i I don't know but i'm just disappointed i'm sad i really don't want to be here and talk about the episode but i do want to be here because i wrote a choose your own adventure and i'm super excited but like how dare you survivor (laughs) like don't make me feel this way so that's my rant for now and i'm okay oh yeah um, it's Liana's touched on pretty much everything that I was thinking. It's just, it's not okay. The way they went about this. I mean, I was watching uh, Twitter after all this went down and some of the replies we've seen, not from our community necessarily, maybe from within the survival community. There is still a lot of people that don't understand the, the wrongdoings here of both the portrayal and the way it was handled. And this is like, you know, something that is happening in the real world and something that people need to learn about and understand better and process better. And we're not necessarily seeing that. And it's hard to, you know, have that happen when the show is not handling it in a way that would allow that conversation, allow that education that is so necessary in the day and age that we're in. So it is disheartening to see. And it is pretty irritating the fact that it had to happen to someone not within the scope of the game for them to make the executive decision. And then for them to, you know, a couple weeks back, talk about how, well, they said they didn't want to have him pulled. So we didn't do that. So as far as everything goes, I am very sad that one of the shows I really love handled this the way they did. And I can only hope that moving forward, the conversation arises, continues educates and allows us to move forward to a positive place of understanding with the things that happen in our world and how to handle them and how to understand them because Twitter specifically I'm talking about social media for a second is a place where we all get to collect Wednesday nights and talk about the, the ridiculousness of this show and talk about the fun and, you know, give our viewpoints 
and make little jokes here and there. And when something as serious as this happens, that stuff needs to be on pause and we need to talk about it. And we do. But then when you get replies where people still do not grasp, do not understand, you believe women in situations like this. You try and understand what is going on. You try and be a better person through this process. And to still be in a situation where you're trying to be like, well, there's not really evidence. Like, my guy, this is on live television. We have seen this hit prime time on a Wednesday night on a show that is a reality TV, you know, social experiment type game. Understand that this is, <laughs> oh, I can't even, it's just frustrating to see replies like that because it kind of shows how toxic some people can be. And it's not okay. So I want to personally uh, separate, you know, what actually happened there on the island versus the presented product. Because I think to Liana's point, we haven't gotten the full story as to what exactly this incident was outside of the slate that we were shown. I know there are certainly rumors that have popped up. Even just from a presentation perspective, I can understand how, I guess, in terms of a, a portrayal aspect, they might be a bit hampered by certain things to not exactly, uh, you know, show things in a certain light, uh, maybe to avoid any sort of legal action. But it feels like it feels like this was a failure on the show for its audience. Uh, I know that after the merge episode, there was a lot of talk specifically from Josh uh, in his really beautiful final speech on the wiggle room about how he felt bad that the show didn't present a warning didn't provide resources for victims of sexual harassment and sexual mm -hmm. assault afterwards mm -hmm. and i personally had held out a bit of hope of okay if dan does end up getting removed maybe that's when they do this you know maybe they were waiting for that other dean-esque shoe to drop so then they could present those resources and it happened and they did it. And that's what makes me ultimately disappointed because I feel horrified for anyone who has had any wounds or trauma reopened by watching this happen because they were not prepared for it whatsoever and they should have been. Even if there's a, a little warning that pops up, you know, there was something that popped up during the merge episode, didn't pop up at this episode. And that is alarming to me. I guess in retrospect, you know, if you have to put this removal somewhere, I'd rather have it at the end of this mm -hmm. episode where it unfortunately uh, obviously overshadows uh, Elaine's really beautiful exit, which I'm sure we'll get into later on in the podcast. But I would much rather have this and give people watching at home, especially those with kids, a few days to sort of decompress and talk it over than showing it at the beginning of your finale and fundamentally changing the narrative for those next three hours. You know, that it's not going to be about X person winning. It's going to be about Dan got removed. This at least divorces that from, you know, sh that this big live event that they want to do. I'm just, they, they had months to figure out how they wanted to do this. And I, I can't imagine this was the best possible way. So I'm really disappointed in that regard. Just, that, you know, I, I wish maybe some things had been consulted. I wish that there had been more of a plan and action to Survivor pride itself on its audience and having these loyal fans season after season. And, and I kind of wish they, they acknowledged that a bit in this case of, look, we know this is a very traumatic viewing experience for some people. So let's take an opportunity to educate and let's step outside our box for a second and really underline A, why this is wrong and B, how you can help people who might be in similar situations out there.
Yeah, I mean, I so I, I agree, I think, ultimately with the decision of including it in this episode versus having it in the finale. Although if you have the finale, which is essentially a three hour block of of time that they can use for whatever they want. Um, you know, the finales are rushed, but now with five people, I mean, maybe that's when, if you feel like you don't have time in this episode to have time there to talk about it. Um, but I do, I also feel bad, you know, for the other contestants, um, because whoever the winner is of this season, I mean, like that's not what we're going to remember. So like for that, and especially if it's someone who's a fan, like that's hard, but at the same time, there are huge real world implications here. And Survivor has, you know, 15, 16 million viewers. Oof. And this is just an opportunity no. that was not only missed, but also just completely mishandled. Mm. Um, and so that that's what really frustrates me about this whole thing. Yeah, I, I want to present a question to you guys, because now that we know how Dan's story ended, and let me just say that uh, I personally would love to just not mention the guy for the rest of the podcast uh, because mm -hmm. I, I feel like, you know, he violated multiple, you know, offenses on, on multiple incidents. And so I, I do not feel like, honestly, he deserves to get mentioned for the rest of the time here, especially when we're trying to bring some lighthearted and fun uh, to the podcast atmosphere. But now that we know his full arc, there has been a lot of questioning as well as to, you know, should the show have purpled him? Uh, I know there's been some talk of like, should after the merge episode, should they have said, hey, just so you know, Dan's going to be removed down the line and almost remove any sort of mention of him in the post merge episode. I think that some people felt that his presence on screen, even after those merge episodes, even when he wasn't doing anything, at least on camera, that was a follow up to that handsiness uh, was still unsettling to them. Where do you guys ultimately come down, I guess, on, on the betrayal of Dan? between these two incidents, as it were. Would you have preferred that it was shown a different way, knowing the course of events? I mean, from after that merge episode, seeing him on screen just was a gut punch. It felt like each time uh, it was it was really, really challenging, um, you know, knowing ultimate like if, if I had known at the time that he was ultimately going to be removed, I don't think it would have helped at all. So, yeah, I mean, I don't understand because he wasn't, I mean, it clearly, like, he wasn't central to the story, right? Like, you can tell the story through the other contestants that are there. And so it just felt like, is it necessary to have him, you know, giving a sort of generic confessional that someone else could have given to set up what was happening, you know? So, uh, I don't know. I, I think they could have given him less screen time. I would have been very happy if that had been the case. I completely co-signed that. I think the only place where he did something that was separate enough that they should have maybe talked about was that one um, vote where Karishma nullifies everything. And his one vote was the reason they were able to revote it. And that was probably the only thing I can think of. Everything else, he was like one of the lemmings in the alliance. Doesn't really matter. Even in this episode, when we're talking about the three guys, maybe Growing down and making a guy's alliance, there were two other people that we could have heard from instead. So there were moments where I think having him on the screen wasn't necessary and was just triggering because it takes us back to everything that we saw go down. And that's all we're thinking when we see him. And even at moments where there's like eight other people in challenges, we're getting zoom ins on this guy. It just felt, it felt just like we were being ignored. This whole thing was kind of being pushed to the side of like, 
hey, nothing happened between episode he post merge and until this episode here. We're just going to pretend like it didn't happen. And I don't appreciate that. So let me provide uh, an interesting sort of. I don't want to say devil's advocate concerning the connotation to Dan, but I did see a comment pop up in the Rob has a podcast patron group that had a lot of really great, you know, discussion around this complicated issue in it. And I saw someone post something where they were actually a little grateful with the way that they edited Dan in the post merge. Because first of all, I, I would say that outside the scene with his son, it's been overly, I wouldn't say overly, but it's at least been tinged negatively. Uh, I don't know exactly if they really went back to like, yeah, he's just a normal, ordinary guy. I think there were still moments where he was being negative overall. But I think she made this really interesting point where, whether intentional or not, Survivor kind of showed how people who do this type of abhorrent behavior exist in the real world. You know, that they aren't like Mm. big, evil villains twirling their mustaches. They're normal people. And almost showing Dan as a regular player in the game hopefully make some people realize how prevalent these people can be without even realizing it. You know, you have a son come out and you're like, oh, he wouldn't do anything. Yeah. He's a dad. Or, you know, he's a, he, he works in this mm-hmm. career field, just like he said in the Merge episodes. Like, he works uh, in, the, in Hollywood. He would never do this. Uh, but in a way, and again, I don't know if the editors intended to do this or not, but in showing Dan that the way that they did, it was almost telling the audience, you can't say, hey, this guy didn't do anything because blank. Because even the most normally, uh, you know, displayed people can certainly do activities that are beyond the pale. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. And I think that that is one of the common, um, you know, comments of people who defend these those who commit these types of actions of like, oh, but he's such a good guy. Like they never would do that. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, he did. And yes, like he is a father. He has a kid. But just because you have a child, that doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing like horrible things. So um, actually, yeah, I do really like that now that I think about it, although it took that comment to for me to think that way. So, um, so, you know, I don't I don't know exactly what that says. Also, because then every single time (laughs) I saw him afterwards, like it was like I just wanted to close my eyes. So, um, Mm. yeah, I don't know. But I like that. I like that point. Yeah, that's very it's a very interesting thing that gets raised up because I also had not thought of it that way at all. But I definitely feel like I'm more closer to co-signing and agreeing with that now Um, because uh, watching him, you know, if we're going to just look at his game after he's, you know, still mingling with people, people like him, the people that are there like him. But again, we know the truth. We know what has gone down. We know what's transpired. So it is a good lesson in understanding that people that do certain things can still provide a perception of themselves, that they are nice, that they are a family man, that they are amazing, loving, caring people, but they are still capable of doing very, very hurtful things without you knowing. And it does make it um, a situation where what were we just saw happened. So I guess in hindsight, thinking about it, if I'm going to take a silver lining from having seen him, that is the lesson I want to take out of it. Anything else either one of you want to mention about Dan before we uh, ban the name from for the rest of this podcast? I'm good with the ban. <laughs> Same. Ban, please. <laughs> before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. 
And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. All right, well, let, let's move on here because this was an interesting episode even outside of that. Uh, you know, I think when I was watching it in the moment, it sort of felt like the most rote outcome of the season so far, which, you know, is saying something concerning that this has just been an absolutely banana season in terms of the votes. But, you know, Elaine was the first on the chopping block after this big brouhaha tribal council. We sort of go through the motions here, but I guess from an emotional quality perspective, there's definitely some stuff there with Elaine. I loved how full circle her tribal counselor journey was. Uh, and I commented on this when I talked with her, where the first tribal council of the season, which I got to see, she was on the chopping block for being too likable. <laughs> and she has this moment where she's like breaking down, saying, like, please let me stay. I need to fill my cup up. You know, don't rob me of this experience just because you think I'm too likable down the line. And it looks like Final Destination style. It all came back once again, where I think she's a lot more defeated here. Uh, she's a little less pugnacious than she was in that first Tribal Council, where she saw the writing on the wall, but it was still very emotional for her to reconcile this and sort of uh, pair it with her own life experience. And so rewatching the episode in that light, it made me enjoy it more. There was also some interesting stuff for the end game where we start to find out a bit of like Lauren's opinions on how she feels about how she fits into Tommy's end game. So it doesn't feel like a, a straight pagonging or if it does, it at least feels like we know what the others are thinking. Do either of you have any thoughts about this episode outside of those last few minutes? Um, I mean, it was quite a swan song for Elaine. <laughs> like, it was real emotional. And, like, Janet supporting her just made me so happy. I'm sorry, I haven't had my daily dose of I love Janet yet. So I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and say I love Janet so much. I want to be Janet. Um the whole, uh, the, the, like that whole tribal council actually I thought was pretty interesting, especially because we started out with Boston Rob mocking Dean for stretching <laughs> before flexing. <laughs> before flexing um there was a lot of dean which i was totally here for in this episode um nora hiding dean's shoes like if i do go back and like you said my kind of look at the episode i you know it is something that was enjoyable unfortunately you know that it was tainted by the last few minutes and the whole season obviously just feels awful but um but you know we think about it by itself the fact that you know i don't know on the island of the idols the yes no coin flip is used as the jury you know for the jury right <laughs> Like all of that stuff was so insane. <laughs> I it was pretty goofy. Um, the fact that <laughs> Dean is like this focal point highlight of the episode comes out, can't reach for his shoes. Wait, has his shoes, and now he's flipping this coin, and he's like boasting about his fake advantage, which now we will never find out how it plays out. Um, I mean, I my hunch is that he's bringing that to final tribal council and he's saying like Jamal I still got this baby and then Jamal says I got some news for you so <laughs> I can't, that's so I did see that somebody commented that on Reddit and I was like oh thank god like at least because otherwise we're never going to have any payoff for it but if he tries to brag about it at the final tribal council oh it's going to be glorious I'm here for it I'm very here for it and being convinced by Boston Rob that hey flipping this coin is a big move for you and being like all right I'm going to do it and then he does it. And then it's a yes. And he's just besides himself. He loves it. I enjoyed watching him lie, but give like a truth of like what the structure was, but then lie about what he went for and lie about getting it. So, yeah, the only detail he omitted was a the coin coming up. Yes. And B the third option that he ended up taking. Yeah. Like, he, did, I think he did the best job of 
you know, when you lie, you should contain some elements of truth so it doesn't feel completely fabricated. Mm-hmm. And plus, at that point, everybody except Tommy and at that point Dan had been to Island of the Idols. So they, it's not too outrageous of a story as if he went in like week four, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And what was that? The idol that's only good for the next tribal council, but it cannot <laughs> be played on yourself. Like, what? <laughs> was- I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess you could you could like uh, try to fake it as your own idol. And then at the last minute, like pull it out of tribal council, be like, I'm playing this for myself. And then when the votes come in be like, okay, I'm going to give this to Janet. Uh, And so maybe you could pull off something like that. But I mean, I don't know. I I personally like advantages that you have to sort of uh, combine forces with another person. That's why I said back in edge of extinction, I'm not a huge fan of how the shared idol came into the game, but I uh, I'm appreciative of at least, Idols are such an individualistic activity that I'm always here for when you have to sort of tell people as a result. But yeah, that's a weird advantage, especially to bring it at the 11th hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wait, could you have if it was it you can't play it on yourself, but what if someone else played it on you? Was would that count? I guess you still need another person. If if he gave it to Tommy (laughs) and then Tommy played it on him. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> with that i wonder well, I, and i wonder if it's just like i guess we can call it like the anybody but dean yeah. <laughs> idol we're just like no matter who's playing it dean cannot be the one wearing it yeah, yeah. yeah. the anti-dean idol yeah, to everyone it's an idol to dean it's a stick basically <laughs> well let's let's start getting into this episode because we have a lot of fun stuff prepared and, and let's start with again uh the person who went out first in this episode our sweet Elaine Stott ends up going out here right before the finale. Elaine was a big, fun character. I can say that from firsthand experience, getting to talk with her and see her interact with Probst, especially in those first few days of the game. But, Liana, how did you think Elaine was going to do preseason? Okay, Elaine said that she was chicken noodle soup, first of all, um, which somehow very fitting. Like, I can totally see that. Uh, and I had Elaine making the finale. Ooh. Yeah. That was so close. <laughs> All right. Um, Elaine is a hoot. So obviously she had to be cut before the final three because she easily would have won. This was a no-brainer for the remaining four players. Elaine soared through the game, relying on her super strong social game, but unfortunately she was everyone's best friend, but no one's best ally. She did have a long alliance with Jack in the chicken soup alliance. <laughs> But with him gone, she was up the creek without a ladle. Bye, Elaine. See you in a returning player season. I, I like up the creek without a ladle better than what was it last week? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Bye, girl. Alpha, bye, girl, alpha. bye. <laughs> yeah, because it's alphabet soup. Alpha, bye, girl, bye. <laughs> I mean, you were pretty much on the money, though, or on the, the, ch- the noodle, as it mm. were, with your predictions for her. I had a very similar type of thing. I had her making the jury, but I definitely had her along that track of like, once she made it past that first tribal council, you know, considering how much people rallied around her to the point where she didn't even get a vote from Ronnie and Aaron, I felt like she was going to be at least pretty well insulated mm-hmm. for the time being. I'm um, sorry, I said, you know, she'd have the most heartwarming family visit. I said she'd become one of the most gifable contestants of the season. And I, uh, I said she'd definitely get a hug from Jeff Probst on the way out Aww. because <laughs> she is probably I know that Jeff like had a lot of fun with contestants like Christian, but I can't remember a contestant since Jen- Jonathan Penner that has had as much back and forth with Jeff Probst as Elaine. Mm-hmm. 
she was very contagious. I really enjoyed everything we got with Elaine. And the whole season I was thinking, okay, so, you know, who's returning from this season? And then you think of Elaine, I kind of put her in the same position as like uh, Lauren Rimmer and maybe Areem Daly. And I'm like, who? Like, if they're picking one, who's going? And after this episode in particular, I was like, it's got to be Elaine. She's just very fun to watch she talks with she gets along with everyone and like you said like she has good banter with jeff with pretty much everyone else confessionals great and just like chicken noodle soup she's good for the soul so very fulfilling um with seeing elaine and liana i know you're winning all of these anyways but yeah. just for formalities you get the point Ah, nice. Um, I like the Elaine's quote the at the immunity challenge. The oh no words, <laughs> dang it! <laughs> That's so it's so good. And I did actually check out the Survivor Facebook page. We're not doing Casuals Corner this week, but I was curious to see actually about how they responded to the Dan stuff. Yeah, especially after la- well, I was gonna say uh, even the Elaine stuff yeah. after last week when it seems like con- the consensus opinion was I hate everybody. <laughs> you know, yeah. this cast is garbage. Yeah, which uh, so the only post that the Survivor Facebook page put out probably on purpose usually they do a couple for the week um was just elaine goes to ponderosa and the it was you know a thousand uh, over a thousand comments and majority of them were i love elaine elaine's the best like so as far as i'm concerned it is 100 gonna happen that elaine will be back on a returning player season yeah and what i what i love about elaine too is that she builds this positive energy and attitude from what seems like a very tragic life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realized that from the get-go when I sat down with her, where like she seems like a very infectiously joyous spirit, like you guys are talking about. But then she goes into, you know, the, this whole uh, story, and she talks about it at the Tribal Council as well. You know, she recently lost her mother. Uh, the second time she applied for Survivor, she applied a total of three times, but she applied once in her 20s, once in her 30s, and once in her 40s. In her 30s, she had just like lost her grandfather, and like devoted herself like buried herself in farm work to sort of like get through the grief her godmother is one of the closest people in her life and like she had health complications and she wanted to do this for her so it's like she is someone who you know i know we talk about janet being inspirational but elaine is very inspirational as well and being able to really smile through the pain and she is someone who you're a little surprised that at the tribal council again as someone who is so uh raucous and jocular as she is being like yeah, you know, I've been unlucky my entire life. Nothing ever seems to go my way. I just think the way that she's able to get through life with such a big smile on her face, in spite of everything that's happening uh, against her, mm-hmm. is just very heartwarming and very inspiring. Where, like, even on our toughest days, we can look at ways to sort of power through that storm. And someone like Elaine is a shining beacon as an example of that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. It just, she just, like, when even she, you know, she's wrestling Missy, or was it Missy who she was wrestling? Yeah. Like, yeah. just the the joy, the fun, the goofiness. Like, she's somebody who I would absolutely love to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. All right, well, Puya, we're turning things on to you. Oh, no. uh, we, I, I am very intrigued to hear the lesson you have brought for Liana and I to learn this time around. All right. Well, <laughs> classes in session. Um, just want to add, uh, uh, as far as Mary's lesson goes last week, I am mayor of procrastination station. But one thing I do do when I procrastinate is I overdo. Is you do I do. overdo <laughs> do. Uh, where then I'm like, oh my God, I got, so I pulled a lot of things for you today. So um, as you may be aware, 
Uh, we had Spotify did their 2019 wrapped where they gave everyone their personalized top 10 list of what they listen to genres, hours spent on an artist, etc. So I took something from there, took some inspiration and I brought you the lesson of charts and stats, specifically top 10 charts and stats. And just to quickly link it to how it, you know, pertains to Survivor. These are things that highlight performance. They rank things. They allow you to monitor placements. All of these are important when you're playing the game because you have to be aware of where everyone stands, what the power rankings looking like, who's kind of on the top, who's right above you on the placements, who's beneath you so that Mm. you can assess what move you need to make to benefit yourself to climb the charts. Mm. So Puyo, would you say in that regard, is Dean like a rising star? Is he like the Troy Savan? of this cast in the recent meteoric rise in his style. I would say so. I would say so. And I say someone like, uh, you know, every, well, us as the viewers are looking at Tommy like, oh my God, Tommy is going to win. Tommy's going to win. He's kind of like the regular you expect to see being placed on the track, kind of like an Eminem where it's like, I know Eminem's going to be in the list, even though Eminem's not really doing much and is not in the face of everything every single day. Well, so I think um, that is apt. Dean is someone rising the charts. Maybe he's a little bit Old Town Road in that out of nowhere, they started <laughs> rising, climbing. So if Dean wins, he is Old Town Road confirmed. <laughs> oh, my God. Dean is the Old Town Road of Survivor, a phrase I never <laughs> thought I would say, but I love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I've so I pulled some top 10 lists from Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, uh, YouTube, and then I went over and looked at movies. I looked at some music on Spotify itself. So I got a little bit of mixture of everything for you here today, just to keep it fresh, just to keep it, you know, interesting. Make sure there's a little bit for everybody. Some of the lists make sense. Some of them do not. And um, an added thing, I really hated the phrase teaching time with Tommy, but then I've gone ahead and coined Pop quiz time with Puya. So at some point, oh, I will no. ask you questions about these lists before I reveal them, just to get a guesstimate on what you think is maybe top or second or third or however. Um, but like whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter. So don't worry about keeping score. We are all winners today. <laughs> we are all winners. Oh, my God. That teaching time with Tommy line. I'm not going to lie. That stuck with me. It's so stupid. I know, I know the Rob was like, oh, I'm not going to pile on. That's not what we do here. I will pile on. That is a <laughs> stupid quote. No, I don't know. I, I feel like teaching time with Tommy is better than when Tommy said, Lauren, you're like a jealous girlfriend oh, the- <laughs> like that. I think that I, I was fine with teaching time with Tommy because like we can all be corny. But I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh, Tommy. That is not a good look saying that. Yeah, that was not good. Lauren's face, too, was just like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, did you just say that to me right now? Oh, it was so funny. What about uh, Tommy and his mommy? No. Oh, yeah. No. Well, listen, I think in a world where Frankie Grande is in the, uh, the, the, you know, nothing can ever uh, like uh, throw that guy off the throne of the mother boy of it all. (laughs) We're here for mother boy. (laughs) Uh, hi mommy all right all right teach me something all right well first i am going to ask mike a question so mike this is from facebook which one of these things that i'm going to mention is the most followed british origin page on facebook okay there's four options tell me which one you think is the most popular okay Okay. we got one direction we got little mix We've got Simon Cowell, and we've got Mr. Bean. 
Oh, I don't think Simon Cowell in lieu of recent news is really getting any big followings. Or maybe he is, but more so for the, uh, the hate clicks. 1D, if you asked me like five years ago, that would be it with a bullet. But I guess the question is, as One Direction has split up, have its fans as well. I am going to say, I mean, I would personally love Mr. Bean. If it was Mike's choice, it would be Mr. <laughs> Bean. But I'm going to stick with the 1D here. Well, you should have gone with Mike's choice, Mr. Bean. What? Yeah. Wow, what a stalwart. 12th most popular page on Facebook with <laughs> 88 million followers. Holy what? moly. Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought little Mr. Bean? Wow. Well, you know what? I actually, I saw something about Mr. Bean. There were only like 15 episodes or something like that. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I guess they've been re-ran so many times that people thought it was like, oh, he ran for like 10 seasons. Yeah. But no, he just made like 15 very well-crafted episodes. They just got re-ran into perpetuity that everyone seems to conflate them into some larger run order. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and like, yeah, it was on the air for five years. <laughs> so Wait, 15 episodes across five years or was it like 15 episodes made in the first year and they just kept rerunning okay them? three episodes in 1990 mm. uh one episode in 1991 <laughs> <laughs> one episode <laughs> yeah it was october 15th mr bean goes to town <laughs> um this really feels like some guy is just like i feel like i'll make a mr bean episode yeah. today <laughs> yeah exactly it's like yeah maybe we should make another one um and then yeah three in 92 two in 93 um three in 1994 and then four in 1995 so they were spread out oh man and we thought game of thrones took forever to come out <laughs> yeah bean of thrones has uh definitely set the record here my um my dad didn't really he doesn't really like watching um movies or tv tv shows that are english speaking he hates laugh tracks so anytime we would watch anything with a laugh track he hated it the only things that he watched that were non-farsi were jackie chan movies and mr bean <laughs> that was where his two things as far as non-animated he loved his tom and jerry too Okay, yeah. those are odd choices. Yeah, fun facts about my dad. I, I thought for some reason Mr. Bean had a laugh track. I, maybe I'm misremembering, much like people misremembered that there were like 1,500 episodes of Mr. I think, Bean. I think it did, but I think that was his exception to the rule. Because he mocked, uh, we'd be watching uh, okay. Friends with my mom, and every time there was a laugh track, my dad in the background sarcastic would be like, ha, 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 I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we got it, you hate it, but let me experience this. <laughs> uh, okay so i also hate laugh tracks so i feel it uh as far as the number one most uh, f uh with the most followers on facebook is facebook itself with 214 which oh, oh, fix. yeah fix <laughs> the next one is a big drop 162 million it's uh samsung samsung also fix somehow <laughs> does facebook own samsung <laughs> I don't think so. That's interesting. I would definitely have put Apple being liked yeah. over Samsung, but I guess maybe Apple is more polarizing and Samsung is sort of like the tortoise in that regard. Like, I can't think of many people that outwardly hate Samsung as much as they hate Apple. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't their phones and phones explode for a while? I feel that like that was, right. there was that period of time. <laughs> yeah, the one oh, Samsung. Phone. Yeah, as far maybe as that's a... why people subscribe. They wanted to see videos of exploding phones. Mm, mm. Oh, but like, would Samsung post those? Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. Bad PR move for them. Um, yeah. A couple notables here just to move through the list real quick. Uh, number one musician is Shakira with 101 likes. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, number one actor. I'll give you each a guess. Who do you reckon it could be? 
Is it male, male. or female? Ooh, I'm gonna go with Hugh Jackman. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, because he's the king of the mats. No, that's Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Matt Damon, because he's the king of the mats. <laughs> well, uh, you're both wrong, and this should be proof of why no one really should be on Facebook anymore. It's Vin Diesel, ninety-seven million. Vin Diesel. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that would make sense. Like, if you're just looking at his body of work, especially from the past ten years, like the Fast and the Furious franchise is obviously a very popular one. He was is now part of the Marvel universe. So I and I feel like there's been a real like. Uh, diesel renaissance and people really all right renaissance was right there yeah. and i didn't go for it i'm so surprised that's okay i um, thought but, of diesel sauce <laughs> <laughs> but i i think that people are are now looking at him in maybe a, a new uh modern more mimetic light so i could i could see the you know the reasoning behind okay. it. i i know this is wrong but can i change my guess to rowan atkinson sure <laughs> just facebook is entirely pro yeah, bean exactly this is a pro bean website <laughs> probing aliens area storm area 51 all right (laughs) (laughs) okay sorry all right as far as uh facebook that's over we'll move on liana this this question is for you before we get to the twitter ones which of these accounts is the most followed account on twitter okay okay katie perry justin bieber barack obama or rihanna isn't it katie perry it used to be Katy Perry. Oh, it used to be. Oh. Yeah, oh. So new winner, three million more than Katy Perry at number two is Barack Obama with 111. Oh, you go, Barack. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like, uh, again, if you're taking the temperature from like five years ago, the Beebs would definitively be <laughs> number one. Right. But I feel like even with his own little comeback in the past few years of being a quote unquote serious artist, it was uh, unfortunately a trough that I don't think he could make his way out of that quickly i thought i thought it was didn't Katy perry have like the most for a while oh okay sorry so yeah they're the top four though yeah yeah they are the top four oh interesting and then uh, taylor swift rounds it out with fifth place Mm. yeah i wonder if uh, taylor got a significant bump considering like how much he's been in the news the past year oh yeah and that speech that she gave right that's true that was this week was it this Yeah. yeah it was this week yeah yeah um and then there's not really much else here the usual suspects you know lady gaga's up here um ellen degeneres is the number one comedian um, with 79 million which given that selfie from uh that one selfie that blew up you know makes sense that ellen is up there hey, okay so you know how facebook has a facebook page does twitter have a twitter page they do um it is not featured in the top 10 oh yeah should yeah. have fixed it <laughs> i would say i would say though if, if you're thinking about like the most added Twitter accounts the most mentioned. I feel like Twitter is probably number one. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. Just like, where's the mute button? Where's the more characters? Where's the editing button? Where's the yeah, exactly. Give me the edit button at Twitter. Mm. Um, YouTube has more followers than Twitter. They have seventy two million, and they're ninth (laughs) on the platform. Ah, that seems like a failure of Twitter when (laughs) when a different social media platform has more followers than you. Yeah, speaking of YouTube. That's the uh, next one we're going to go into. Um, so YouTube's been doing a bunch of things this year that I just wanted to talk about real quick. It's it's pretty crazy to think about how the platform which made Charlie Bit My Finger famous has successfully been able to launch a platform from one of the um, one of the YouTubers who was this uh, this Project Planet tree thing where they were trying to get 20 million trees planted. I think they got it to about 17 million, which is pretty impressive. Oh, nice. And Two of the uh, two of the YouTubers put on a 
very successful boxing match that was streamed on all the major platforms. Um, it wasn't uh, was Logan Paul yeah, Logan yes. Paul on KSI, and he lost, which was amazing. Very the second happy one. About that. Uh, they tied the that, first. Well, that's one. the reason why it became so popular because everyone wanted to watch Logan Paul's face get yeah. smashed. Yeah, exactly. So it's been pretty amazing with uh, YouTube, and this has been a pretty um, big year for YouTube as um, there are a couple that have passed a hundred million subscribers. So, mm. Mike, who do you? Uh, not who do you? How many subscribers do you think the most subscribed channel has? Ooh. It's got to be at least in the millions. Um, I'm going to say 5.1 million. Mike, 121 million subscribers. Wow. Is it PewDiePie? PewDiePie second with 102. It is um, T-Series. A, Who's T-Series? So T-Series is an Indian company that um, their videos, they're kind of like the Vivo of India. So all, their, all oh. the music comes from T-Series uploads and owns. So oh. they have 121 million. Wow. Well, you know what? It should have really gone for some synergy. Start uh, streaming Mr. Bean episodes and you got the Facebook audience online. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should take away from all of this. Okay. So if we know everything about Mr. Bean, then mm. we'll be super popular on Survivor, right? Because everybody <laughs> loves Mr. Bean. We also have to know everything about Barack Obama and Katy Perry and Justin Bieber. Yes. Um, <laughs> and know all the T-Series oh. music. Well, okay, here's what you do. If you want to break the internet, make a video on the T-Series YouTube channel of Barack Obama reenacting yes. scenes from Mr. Bean. <laughs> yes! I would subscribe. We want a Bean reboot, a, a Bean boot with Barack Obama as Mr. Bean. Make it happen. <laughs> Come on, universe. <laughs> no laugh track. Yeah, but no laugh track. Yeah, but no, make course. sure, no. We, In fact, we want a crying track. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Well, Puya, this was a fantastic recap of the decade uh, in true fashion with the 2010s, which is so weird in of an and of itself. Uh, I do not expect any of the answers you provided us in terms of the top pages. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty weird looking at some of these things and kind of um, spotting. You know, you see the ones you expect to be up there, but then there's a couple that you wouldn't expect to be ahead, and they are. So, like Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been it was a it's been a pretty fun project for me too. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's move into some of our other projects. And look, when Dean went to the Island of the Idols this week, he had a choice of three possible futures to take. And the fact of the matter is, I think there is some wishful thinking done with this season in terms of how things went down. So we thought it would be a perfect time to bring back the B&B's version of MASH, also known as Shambo. Yeah. Still don't know what the acronym stands for, but basically how it's going to work, uh, for those that might not remember or know the childhood game MASH, is basically I'm going to, uh, we'll, go, we'll start with Puya and then we'll go to Liana. I'm going to give you a category, and you're going to list, in Dean fashion, three choices instead of the okay. four uh, of each things underneath that category then i'm gonna do a little bit of wizardry behind the scenes to determine what happened during your survivor experience on island of the idols uh so puya we're gonna start with you so again i'll give a category and you're going to name three uh under that category for okay. me first give me three female contestants from this season either in the game or voted out okay i'm gonna go with elaine and okay. I'm going to go with um, Janet. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go with 
Chelsea. Perfect. Give me three household appliances. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to go with a spatula. Okay. Uh, a mixer. Mm-hmm. And a crock pot. Okay. We'll make it a bit uh, more Survivor-centric. Give me three advantages. And you know what? You can make up advantages, too. Pull, pull a Dean if oh, you amazing. want to, but it can be ones from the past, the present, or ones you just want to make up off the top of your head. Okay. I want to go with um, an idol that I can only use on somebody else. Okay. Uh, a extra vote. Mm-hmm. And a do not pass go, do not collect immunity advantage. Oh, I like that one. Disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, give me three articles of clothing. <laughs> All right, uh, sneakers, mm-hmm. uh, boxer briefs, okay, and scarf. Okay, and finally, give me three foods. Ooh, mm, this is the hardest one yet. Okay, burger. Okay. Um, why is it hard to cheesecake? And last but not least, a ham sandwich. Yeah. Go go ahead, go ham sandwich. (laughs) All right. uh, So, to determine how uh, this process works, I'm just going to start typing the number one when I say (laughs) go, and then Puya, you tell me when to stop. Okay. Okay, and go. Stop. Perfect. Okay, while I do this, uh, Liana, Puya, anything you want to talk about, I give you free reign for the next one. Okay, here's something I'd like to talk about. How is a spatula an appliance? That's why I changed it. I heard your reaction. I was like, oh, wait, that isn't an appliance. You didn't change it. You said spatula. No, but I changed my pattern. I was going to go with, like, ladle next. I was like, wait, these aren't utensils. No, they are utensils. No, they. I mean, but the category wasn't utensils. Yeah, the category was appliances. Yeah. Well, okay, Ooh. let's what would you have said if you hadn't said spatula? Um uh vacuum. Vacuum? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I guess a vacuum's an appliance. <laughs> vacuum. Vacuum. <laughs> well, because I was still thinking about food appliances. Oh, um, um instant pot. An instant pot. Yeah. Do yeah. you have an instant pot? I do have an instant pot. I bought one during the uh the Black Friday deals. Oh, okay. Do you have you used it yet? Do you like it? I haven't used it yet, but I'd like it. You, oh, okay. I'm a big Great, fan thanks. of it. Are you like the, no? You're like the Amazon reviewer that's like, oh, I haven't, I haven't used it yet, but it looks great. Like, yeah. What a useless review. Like, actually use the product before you give a review, right? Who's, yeah. How often are people giving reviews without opening the product? I don't know. I feel like I see them often. Yeah. You yeah. don't trust those reviews. No, of course you don't trust those reviews. Do you have um, appliances? Yeah, I, I yeah, I own a plan. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we should be talking about Survivor, but I just really needed to clear up the whole appliance thing. Okay. Um but yeah, uh okay. So, my favorite line I think from this entire episode and there were a lot of really good quotes was when Nora when Dean comes back from Island of the Idols and Nora goes, let's wave at him so he feels special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nora became my favorite person in that moment after Janet, of course. Um, I thought that was so funny. And it's so subtle, too. It's like those are the little editing things that I really like when they put in like the editors put in these, you know, <laughs> super small, just shady things. Um, that's really, really lovely. I could totally see Nora coming back as well. 
for a second. Oh, is a returning player. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think Rob was talking about this. She's kind of like a Debbie type. Yeah. And we saw how quickly they brought back Debbie. Um, So I I think it's it's definitely going to happen. I mean, assuming and I feel like Nora, Nora might have already had her like Debbie Brad Culpepper moment in terms of melting down on somebody. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you guys watch the secret scene, but she like walked up to Dean after the vote and said, like, I'm never talking to you again in my life. (laughs) That's so amazing. (laughs) All right. So, Puya, I am speaking to Survivor royalty because Shambo has predicted that you are the winner of Survivor Island of the Idols. Uh, For sort of like the Shambo mash thing, I put pre-jury, jury, jury, finalist, and Mm. winner. And Puya, you are the winner. Uh, You were able to slay your worst enemy, who was Chelsea. <laughs> uh, when you went to the Island of the Idols, Boston Rob, after catching a good handful of fish, uh, served it back to you in his crock pot <laughs> that he had Delightful. going on. Uh, after going to the Island of the Idols, you earned an idol to use on somebody else, uh, which was good. You probably were able to use it on Dean after you earned his ire when you hid his boxer briefs <laughs> in the tribe flag. <laughs> And in your final jury speech, you uh, you pleaded your case to the jury, saying you're just a busted can of ham sandwich. Oh, yeah, you busted can of ham sandwich. And I like ham got the win. I like it's singular, not ham sandwiches. You ham yeah. sandwich. I, I actually think maybe we stumbled upon something here. I think Nora would have hit Dean more where it hurts if she hit his boxer somehow. Mm. Can you imagine just Dean? Well, okay, I guess he still has pants on. He'd just be going commando, right? Yeah. Oh, does he have pants? Yeah. yeah. He must have um, pants. Yeah, he has pants. Okay. <laughs> does Dean have yeah, pants? Yeah, remember? No, yeah. He's, we've, we've seen the Detective Dean look where he ah. crosses his leg at tribal council. He definitely ah, has yes, pants. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, Detective Dean. Pants sandwich. Honestly, I would not be surprised if Robin Sandra had a crock pot in <laughs> Iowa. Well. Yeah, it's up in the snug. <laughs> All right, Liana, let's go with you here. Give me three male Island of the Idols contestants, either current or voted out. Jamal, Dean, Uh Mm -hmm. and uh, Tommy. Okay. Give me three objects you would want to bring to Survivor. Oh, that I would want to bring to Survivor. Okay. Or or if you just want want to bring, you know, onto the island in general for fun. Okay, a crock pot. (laughs) Spatula. A spatula? No, that's not my answer. Um, okay, a crockpot. Um, I would want to bring. Oh, um, stuff to make sandcastles. Okay. And I would want to bring. I don't want to bring anything useful because that's boring. Um, headphones. I no. Why would I want to bring headphones? <laughs> I don't have anything to listen to. Oh, you know what I would like? Okay, I, earplugs. Okay, perfect. Uh, give me give me three advantages. Again, could be actually existing or ones you want to make up. I'll, uh, do not pass go. Do not get immunity. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. For my advantages, I would like a uh, skip to the finale pass, which would be okay. weird if I make pre-jury. They never got to use it. Um, I also want um, a chicken <laughs> and a... Idol that you could only play on a chicken. Okay, perfect. Give me four different body parts. Uh-oh. Oh, no, okay. not Liana. Okay, the toe, but not the pinky toe, the next one in. <laughs> the okay, ring so the toe? Four, the, the, next, fourth. the next toe in. <laughs> the, Got the fourth it. toe. Okay. Um, the, uh, your elbow. 
Mm-hmm. And earlobe. Perfect. And finally, three discussion topics. Oh, discussion topics. Okay, the mass singer, obviously. Okay. Um, why cottage cheese is the worst food ever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, reusable straws. Yes. I like how there's no other option besides yes. Uh, yeah, well, it's a question mark because it's up for discussion. All right, I'm going to start typing ones and go. Stop. Perfect. Okay, uh, you guys can talk about your eating habits or survivor or whatever you want to for the next little Okay, while. so Puya, I have a discussion for us. Yes. Reusable straws. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, so I do have, I have a cup with a reusable straw. Um, but I, I did, it didn't come with like one of those brush cleaners. So I bought one of the brush cleaners, but I'm not going to lie. I don't really clean it out all that often. Do you think I'm going to get a weird disease? Are you sharing this cup? No, it's just me. Okay. Well, as long as you're, I guess, trying to clean it, you're fine. Well, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I you're, you're not trying. Like, are you saying you don't use the brush or you don't clean it? Well, I only drink water out of it. I think you're fine. And sometimes I clean the outside, but I don't clean it with the brush. Do you have a reusable straw? That's like a big thing in Canada, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really use straws, so no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I um. Yeah. Well, like, and t- uh, what's it called? I feel like I, I don't own one, but like, I like that we're moving away from plastic to paper straws. Mm-hmm. So that's been a good move. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Boston Rob thanks you. Um, because he was out fishing this episode, he didn't want to get caught with a bunch of plastic straws. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what was what I really, really wish had been in this episode, and I know mm. that it was jam packed. A lot happened. How did Dean get his shoes back? Yeah. It's like the unsolved mystery. Which, hello, he Detective Dean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was able to figure it out, but I mean, yeah, I was gonna say of all the contestants, you got to go with the guy who's a sleuth, right, to find his <laughs> shoes. Uh, yeah, that's true. But did somebody get them down for him? Was he able to get them back himself? Imagine he found the Angelina ladder in the <laughs> Ivy and was able to climb it to get his shoes yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Liana, uh, I think true to your nature of podcasting with Puya, you made a pretty tight deal. You are a finalist. Oh. You are not going to be a winner. Puya beat you to that, but you are going to be sitting in the final three with him. Cool. Probably alongside your closest ally, who is Dean. Yeah. Yeah, for mentioning Dean. Uh, <laughs> So you went to Island of the Idols pretty early on in the mm. season uh, where you were enlisted to go into the other tribes camp and steal the crock pot. <laughs> <laughs> so I think actually, interestingly enough, now we have a cohesive narrative where the reason why there's a crock pot on IOI is because Liana stole it for yes. them. Uh, as a result of doing that, you won a skip to the finale ah, pass, sweet. which also makes sense as to how you wound up there. Uh, you were able to make it into uh, the, fu- the the final three because you won the final immunity challenge, mm. which involved balancing on your earlobe. Mm. <laughs> and then you were able to get Nora on your side in a pivotal vote by discussing why cottage cheese is the worst food uh, ever. It is the worst food ever. My concern, though, is that she's like a health person. And I know like some health people really like cottage cheese. It's like high in protein. But she's a vegan. Oh, she's vegan. Oh, perfect. Oh, my God. I knew it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you picked the you picked the right topic. Though I think reusable straws could have worked well for her as yeah, well. She's very uh green in that regard. But man, what do we think? Over under like five seasons until they start having people balance on their earlobes in challenges? <laughs> uh well, they're not shying away from the balance challenges, so <laughs> like it's very possible. 
Give it a couple. Yeah, I like uh, I like Jeff saying this episode. Didn't he use the verb like undizzy? He's like, oh, people are now starting to undizzy themselves <laughs> as they go across the net here. <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie, there is something that's so funny about watching people fall over that just makes me happy. Like I know it's juvenile, but I don't care. Watching them spin and fall down was really great. Yeah, I really liked Elaine being like just gotta go yeah. for it and then she just like <laughs> stepped up you know what i realized uh, i don't know if you guys watch bob's burgers but elaine is essentially zeke mm-hmm. from bob's burgers just in a different <laughs> yeah form. exactly but yeah was that when she was trying to go up on the balance beam yeah, yeah she's like just gotta go for it and then she ran and then stepped back <laughs> off again and even laughed to herself yeah that was good uh <laughs> well congratulations to both of you these seem like really great survivor pads to the end i don't know how your journey management must have been looks like puya had a smidge better mm. than liana but liana i guess you could put on your resume that you did steal a crock pot for two survivor yeah Legends. which is pretty good i would say <laughs> um and it provided you fish puya when you went to the island of the idols so you're welcome it did it did <laughs> and i'm pretty sure i held my spatula as a trophy when i beat you <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I think I, I think it would make sense that Liana sort of gets the anti Chris Underwood sentiment of being like she just got a pass mm. to the finale, <laughs> like True. she didn't do anything the entire time. So yeah, Liana was sort of resting on her her laurels here as well as her earlobe in that one immunity challenge. <laughs> I gotta, I kind of want to do that now. I wonder how I could balance on my earlobe. Hmm. <laughs> it's like you know what it reminds me of. You know those birds that where you put the beak on your finger and then it balances. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant a real no, bird. No, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, when you take your parakeet out of its cage and you balance <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, and, you, and you balance it. Yeah, no, there's a, there's there's these toys, these like plastic toys that somehow are concentrated like the center of gravity in the head. And so you can balance the beak in a central point on your finger and the bird will somehow balance itself. Mm. Yeah. To- toy is a, a loose description, but yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you do with it? Because I had one and I remember like balancing it on my finger and then like, that's all you do. Um, I would say I would define a toy as anything that makes you smile. Aww. Aww. You guys are toys because you make me smile. <laughs> all right, maybe I, maybe, maybe I just don't like. I don't know how I feel about being called a toy. Yeah. Um, okay, all right. So I uh, <laughs> that's that's done now. Um, okay, so I uh, don't have any discussion question because I want to use my time for a choose your own adventure. This is going to be a saga, okay, gang? But we're going to power through it. I got way too excited writing this, and I'm really curious to know how this is going to turn out. Okay, so uh, this is a story. It's a fan fiction meets choose your own adventure kind of style. So first, you guys are going to need to choose a character name and a description because the name I need for some of the, uh, the things. So... Go ahead. Okay, so just to get a complete character name. What do you mean by description? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what do the What do they look like? Okay. Um. Here's a guy's whose name is uh Bloopy. Bloopy. Uh, he is a kids party clown, <laughs> and he's dressed like a clown. <laughs> it's real creative, Mike. Anything you want to add to Bloopy the clown? <laughs> yeah, uh he has um he has a lot of tattoos. Like he's the hardcore clown, the hardcore kids clown. <laughs> Weren't the clowns like murdering people or something? Oh, that at was one just... point. Yeah, he used to he was one of those. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> All right. He was a reformed murder clown. <laughs> Bloopy. <laughs> oh my god. Wait. Oh yeah. P 
peep peep the clown. Sorry, I came I came up with a name for I merged some names together and then it sounded like a clown's name. What was it? Peepoo the clown. Peep peepoo the clown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. So Bloopy the clown has a uh, blue hair. A oh, blue hair. Okay. Bloopy. Yeah, that's why they call him Bloopy. Uh, Bloopy. Is it spelled that way? I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, B L U E P Y. Okay, Bloopy. Alrighty. So let's go. Let's do this thing. <clears throat> what do you have any questions before we begin? No, no, I'm excited to have fun. Okay, great. Well, okay. <laughs> we'll see if it's fun. All right. Welcome to Survivor. Bloopy the clown, you are competing. <laughs> oh god. You are competing on season 39, Island of the Idols, and have made the final seven. Congrats. Your fellow tribe mates are Janet, Tommy, Lauren, Dean, Elaine, and Nora. Karishma was voted out last night. Elaine is on the outs and wants your help searching for an idol. You respond by saying, That's a good idea, Elaine. Thinking to yourself, I want the idol for me. Or, sorry, Elaine, Nora's doing something weird on the beach and I want to see what she's up to. So which one Ooh. would you like to do? Hmm. Mike, what, well, like, what do you think? I, 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 I personally kind of want to see what Nora's <laughs> doing on the beach. Let's do it. Okay, we'll take it. We'll go. Okay, let's see what Nora's up to on the beach. Okay. You walk down the beach to see Nora holding something behind her back. Hey, what are you holding? You say to Nora. Dean is sick in the head. So I use the reticular activating system to find his precious spotless shoes and I'm going to hide them on top of the tribe flag. Nora starts climbing the flag, but you can see it's very unstable. Do you, A, hold the flag steady to help Nora and her hijinks against Dean or B, walk away slowly? Is it like a cool guys don't look at explosions kind of slowly? Or is or is it like a, I'm removing myself of culpability? Yeah. If she falls and breaks her head open. Uh, both. <laughs> Ooh. I think Bloopy misses a bit a, a bit of the the old uh, gore. I think he's a little bloodthirsty. Yeah. So I think he would he would walk yeah. away. Okay. Like you, cool all right. So you start to walk away from the insanity, but as you do, the entire structure starts to fall towards you. <laughs> you you scramble backwards, but it's too late. Your leg is crushed under the weight of the flag, Nora, and Dean's shoes. Sadly, it's fractured, and you must be medevac from the game. The oh, end. That, that's it. <laughs> that's it. This was the dead end right from the start. You should have chose to go look for the idol. <laughs> okay, well, can, can yeah, we yeah, go yeah. back in time and take and take the other the other yeah, choice you here? Pick the other path. <laughs> Anything with Nora may be a dead end. Just FYI. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is good to All know. Right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so you're gonna say that's a good idea, Elaine. Thinking to yourself, I want the idol for me. Okay. You and Elaine enter the jungle and start searching for the idol. Do you a start searching near the well or b start searching near the cliff? Oh, I, <laughs> I feel like Cliff's one of those where it's not going to end well. Yeah, do you want to sleep in the shelter or in the house of nines? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to assume you're going with well then. Yeah, the way we could fall down the well, but I feel like that's a lot less danger filled than going near the cliff. Yeah. Okay. So you start rooting around the base of the well for an idol, and suddenly Nora's voice pops into your head. <laughs> oh no! Use the reticular activating system to find the idol. So you focus up, 
unlock the secret. And sure enough, an idol. As you do your forbidden happy dance, you see Dean coming towards you. Do you A, show him the idol or B, shove it down your pants? <laughs> your clown pants. Well, listen, yeah, I was going to say, he's got a lot of room in there. So <laughs> I think you shove it in your clown pants, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a concealed idol. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, sorry. I, I have to keep track of this stuff. because Okay, all right, hold on. All right, okay. Uh-uh. Quickly, you shove your idol down your pants. Hey, 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 DK chilling in the house. Is that an idol in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me? Dean jokes before Ooh. raising his hand for a high five. You re- Wow, you really nailed Dean's voice here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really good at impressions. You return the high five, nervously laugh, and walk back to camp. As you walk away, you faintly hear Dean talking to himself. Detective Dean log number 50 made a killer joke earlier today but still no updates on the idol hidden around camp. Also, no leads on the case of my missing shoes. You head back to camp. Okay, go to nine. Everyone is back at camp after an eventful morning. You're still a little suspicious of Dean, but you can't focus on that right now. Nora is gathering nearby coconuts when she sees a boat coming to shore. That's right. Someone is going to the island of the idols. Nora takes the bag of names and as fate would have it, she pulls out a coin with your name on it. And then I wrote boat ride intermission slash commercial. Okay. You arrive at the island of the idols and are greeted by Boston Rob and Sandra. You greet them by saying, A, I know who you are. Or B, just awkwardly stare at them with your mouth hanging open. The second one. Oh, that's yeah. B is total bloopy. Total bloopy move. Okay. Classic. All right. Nothing to be afraid of. Come into our snug, Sandra says, welcoming you to Island of the Idols. <laughs> hey, this week's lesson is about jury management. <laughs> flip, flip this coin or you're an idiot, says Boston Rob. <laughs> <laughs> like you eliminated all the subtext yeah. from the conversation. with very Pretty literal. Pretty much what he said. Okay, you hem and haw about this decision, but Boston Rob keeps pushing you to do it. How about this? Sandra adds. Even if you lose, you can keep your vote for the final seven, but you'll lose it at the final six. With this new information, you have to make a decision. Do you, A, choose to flip the coin, or B, choose to not flip the coin? Um, I feel it's boring if we say no. Yeah, and I feel like Bloopy doesn't do that. You know, Bloopy's been playing fast and loose like he lives his yeah. life. So I feel like you gotta flip the coin. Right. clown, let's do it. But he, but he flips the coin into his pants. Okay. Well, Rob flips the coin. So, um, okay. Rob flips the coin, and no, you do not win an advantage, and you've lost your vote at the final six tribal council. Rob spends the next five or so minutes berating you for your terrible decision. <laughs> Feeling dejected, you head back to camp. Oh. Sad. Okay. Time Sorry, for the huh? immunity challenge. Oh, look. Dean wins immunity. After putting, <laughs> there's no choose choice there. We gotta skip through that part. I don't know. I feel like Bloopy could have done a pretty good job in that balance stuff. Yeah, yeah it's possible. I mean, if it was juggling, then while riding on a unicycle, <laughs> Bloopy maybe stood a chance. But okay, I don't think Bloopy's so good with words. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay. After putting the necklace on Dean, Jeff turns to the castaways and says, "You're going to a double tribal council. That's right. Two players will be voted out tonight." And there's no time to strategize. Everyone starts freaking out, but you remain calm. After all, this ain't no Applebee's reward. 
Okay, walking to tribal intermission slash commercial. Jeff opens tribal council. So bloopy. How did how did it feel? <laughs> Not having any time to strategize. You start to answer, but suddenly Tommy starts whispering to Lauren behind you. Do you A, keep talking to Jeff, or B, interrupt Tommy to join the whispering? I think now would the assumption be that we also whisper to Tommy or that we whisper to somebody else? Uh you Like would we be like, hey, what's yeah, going on, it's guys? That, it's that one. <laughs> oh, I want that. I want Blue P the mouth breeding sad clown to jump in. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually very maybe Blue P's the biggest goat of the season, <laughs> considering like he just seems very unsettling. <laughs> Blue P might be. What a goat. Um he's uh yeah, Dean's uh enemy for sure. Okay. Hey, Lauren, Tommy, what's up? <laughs> you say. <laughs> Great job, Bloopy. Super subtle. All of a sudden, Nora exclaims, I am going to speak the unspoken. We are voting out Elaine. Everybody knows it. And I'm sorry, Elaine, but it's you. Ah, shucks. Elaine bemoans. Well, it's time to vote. Jeff announces. <laughs> As each player goes up to vote, you can hear Dean talking to himself. Detective Dean log number 54. Unclear who is vote- being voted out tonight. <laughs> Potentially myself or Elaine, but probably not me as I won immunity. <laughs> okay. So Again, Liana, you've got Dean down. I know. Really good Dean impression. All right, Jeff reads the votes, and sadly, Elaine is the next one voted out. But there's no time to waste. This is the final six tribal council, and Jeff... Oh, this is perfect. We have an exactly. idol. And Jeff takes the immunity necklace back from Dean, so no one is safe. You want to make the first move. Who do you try to work with? Tommy, Lauren, Janet, Nora, or Dean? She said to avoid Nora, so we need to avoid Nora. Yeah, Nora is the Nora is the trap. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we haven't heard a lot from Janet. Yeah, should we talk to Janet? Janet seems like someone reliable to speak yeah, to, and, and I feel like nobody's going to get suspicious if you talk to no, Janet. No, I think Janet. Like, yeah, I think Janet's the calmest one to talk to, and being bloopy, I think we need calm. Okay, all right. <laughs> you lean over to Janet, who is super calm, and reassures you that they're gonna we're gonna figure something out. But before you can start to really plan, Dean stands up and starts insulting all the castaways. Tommy, your mama's so dumb, she thought Tribal Council was a tattoo parlor. Nora, your mama's so fat, she couldn't fit in the shelter made for 13 people. Janet, your mama's so dumb, she thought Boston Rob was an NFL team. <laughs> is he trying to pull votes onto himself you think why would dean do that but then you remember the possibly fake legacy advantage dean is trying to draw votes onto himself do you a go along with dean's plan by encouraging everyone to vote for dean or attempt to stop dean's incredibly stupid plan Ooh, i think bloopy the badass tattoo parlor clown would would want fire and i think yeah like i feel like i feel like he thrives in yeah chaos. he wants to watch it burn so i think he lets dean do what dean is doing and go along with voting dean yeah not only that i think blue piece whispering to everybody like yeah uh lauren 
Dean told me that your mama <laughs> was so poor. <laughs> Instigating clown. <laughs> okay, well, unfortunately, you're not that eloquent uh, because you say, whoa, Dean's being a real dick right now. We should, <laughs> we should all vote him out for sure. You say, <laughs> yeah, Nora agrees. He doesn't even have cool shoes. <laughs> Dean, feeling supported, gets up and starts making chicken noises. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Y'all are chickens. Screw you guys. I'm a win this game. Nora starts, ye- <laughs> Nora starts yelling back and the tribal erupts into chaos. <laughs> well, it's time to vote. <laughs> Wow, Jeff really lost control of this tribal council. Yeah, seriously. Sorry that Dean was giving out your mama jokes and going, bok, 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 bok. Uh, Okay. All right. So, where do I go? Okay, go here. Okay. Uh, You walk up to the urn. Unfortunately, you remember, crap, I can't vote. You lost it at the Island of the Idols. So you stand there for a while before heading back to your seat. Okay. If anyone has an idol, now would be the time to play it, Jeff says. Do you play your idol or keep it in your pants? You gotta play yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we're right? not gonna see what happens next. I think we just play it to be safe. Okay. So you stand up, you play your immunity idol. Jeff verifies yes, this is a real immunity idol. No votes cast for you will count. Or whatever Jeff says. I couldn't remember. Blue Peep for Blue Okay. Any votes cast for Blue, Blue Peep will not count. count. Yes. All right. Great. Now, Dean follows you, standing up triumphantly. Well, Jeff, I also have a little something I'd like to play. He walks over and hands Jeff the fake legacy advantage. This is not a legacy advantage, Jeff says before tossing the piece of parchment in the fire. The smug smile on Dean's face drops as he slumps back to his seat. Jamal laughs from the jury. Boston Rob and Sandra laugh from their perch. Jeff starts to read the votes. Okay. So based on your answers before, this will dictate what happens. Okay. Ooh. First vote. Dean. (laughs) Second vote. Lauren. Third vote. Dean. The 12th person voted out of Survivor Island of the Idols is Dean. Your willingness to help Dean at Tribal Council freaked out Tommy and Lauren, and Dean was voted out by the majority. As Dean was leaving, he asked, why didn't you use your idol on me? I guess he did see you hide it after all. Damn it, Dean. You whisper to yourself. The end. Was that a happy ending? I don't know. Well, at least you didn't get voted out, which half the endings were That's you voted out. Yeah. Get your leg broken by Nora. <laughs> for having the thing fall on you, yes. I, I still think that's the last... I mean, what was the le- when we did it during Edge of Extinction, wasn't it like we drowned yes. swimming yeah. to the, trying to teach Keith how to swim? Yeah, none of these resulted in death. <laughs> oh, my God. So what do we think? What do we prognosticate? Like, do we think Bloopy's in the final five? Do we think he's making it to the end? I mean, if Bloopy's a goat, right? Yeah. Right, but could it be the thing where when Tommy was like, oh, Dean actually might have some game to him, you think they might have a similar sentiment about Bloopy mm. now? And then could Bloopy make a case for himself in the end? I think that they're thinking, 
you know, subconsciously, there's no way the season's going to end with the winner of Survivor Island of the Idols, Bloopy. It doesn't <laughs> roll off the tongue. I like it. Bloopy the tattooed clown. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think a lot of people might prefer that to the ultimate outcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is the universe they want to live in where Bloopy the tattooed clown who may have murdered people <laughs> at some point in time wins the season. <laughs> oh, man. I Okay, so I did. I saw something on the internet that was like, who would have thought that Edge of Extinction would have been the best Survivor season in 2019? <laughs> like, oh, man. I think our version obviously is better considering we have a contestant named Bloopy the Clown. Um, yeah. but, Bloopy yeah. with the blueprints. Bloopy with the blueprints. Oh, you know what? That's what would happen. Bloopy would consistently say, like, I go to, I've got a blueprint for the rest of the game. <laughs> oh, that's Bloopy. That's, that's, that's how he talks. Voice. Ah, well, I apologize for not doing the voice of our character throughout. Yeah, Dean, keep going. <laughs> Whoa, Dean's being a real dick right now. <laughs> we should all vote him yeah, out. Just give it... Basically, just think of uh, Goofy. Yeah. Goofy's yeah, voice. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that's what it is. Actually, Bloopy's original character was a Goofy knockoff. Ah, yeah, called Bloopy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's like those dollar store toys. Like <laughs> you know, I don't know. What are some bad dollar store toy names? But Bloopy would be pretty funny as one. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so, so, hun, I know how much you like Disney, so I got you a Bloopy doll. <laughs> Did you say Goofy? <laughs> kind of. It's Bloopy. <laughs> yeah, sort, so, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at his tattoos. <laughs> Isn't he so cool? It's, a, it's an action figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, that's all I got. Good job, guys. Oh boy. All right, well, let's let's go back to IOI because we need to break down whatever happened this episode. I am so mystified for several reasons. Like, this felt like a brain steal almost, much like the adventures of Bloopy did. <laughs> why, why is jury management being dictated by a coin flip exactly? I'm very confused. And look, the, the Island of the Idols lessons, I think, have been mixed. Uh, this is only the third time we've been to Island of the Idols on the post-merge, but I feel like between the Jamal, hey, your lesson is you got denied a vote, and this, it's very, it's a very muddled end of term, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to think, because I was, okay, maybe they're unrelated, like the test is unrelated, and then I was like, no, they are related. Like when Elizabeth was learning about fire, the test was fire. Right, like they, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, it wasn't like here. Make a here's how you make a fire. Now here's a cootie catcher. Pick a color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, yeah. What would have been better instead of a coin flip? I like the cootie catcher idea. <laughs> Magic eight ball could also yeah, be. No, an I option. think that would be fun if you put four advantages under the little flaps and you do the cootie catcher to find it, or the three advantages and a no vote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I have one at work um, that I made, and one of them says. <laughs> we should be working. <laughs> wow. I know, it's real sad. Uh, yeah, so I guess let's start with the jury management lesson because this is really intriguing to me. And I think that Rob and Sandra presented good points about what you need to do. I'm glad they focused on the story because I think Sophie really brought up like a monumentally significant point in the David versus Goliath podcast she did a year ago about how we hear resume, 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 but it's more so about a story. I think a narrative that's going to really resound with the the jury on uh, that are voting. 
but I, I know that Boston Rob is the person that speaks up and Sandra, I guess, is more so the, the quieter one who sort of provides input. But I don't know if we're talking about jury management. I would love to hear from the person <laughs> who got votes from two juries over someone who won in one out of four attempts. What And basically his jury record is 50 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I, I don't know why Sandra didn't take the lead. She showed up. Well, I, I, uh, the thing is, I find that uh, Boston Rob has a lot to say about stuff that doesn't need to be said about. Like, to quickly go to the tribal council. Oh, yeah. We're, we're back to uh, Boston Rob angry, loudly whispering. Yeah. Dean's, Dean's playing for the jury. He wants their attention. He paid attention to us. <laughs> This is Nora's move. Like she, this is all she can do. This is Elaine's move. Like Boston Rob, you don't need to tell us this. You don't need to tell Sandra this. Sandra knows what's going on. Um, yeah, and I think Sandra should have run point on that for sure. Mm. Yeah, I, I I do like. Okay, so I will say I like the concept of being a storyteller and telling your narrative. Like that mm. was good, and yeah. <laughs> I liked that part. That was it. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk about the advantage as well, because I know that the advantages are very rarely linked to the lessons. The tests are, but it's not like, hey, you won the fire making challenge. So here's like a pass to the final four, <laughs> you know, but part of me kind of wish and I think I haven't fully listened to the Christian podcast, but I feel like this was talked about. I kind of wish the reward was sort of like a Big Brother 10 style, like one on one sit down with a jury member, yes. you know, to like talk through things. Or hell, I mean, I don't want to put this out into the universe because I don't like the twist, but even like a jury vote nullifier could have been more interesting and intrinsically tied back to the lesson than just the advantage menu that could very possibly screw someone like Janet in the finale. Yeah, I, I think, like that. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I'm just realizing now no one ever got a chicken as a reward from the Island of the Idols. I know, and I, I, Jeff had said that that might be the case, but ended up not being the case. It was only advantages and, and one-time Idols. Like, can you imagine if Dean had come back? Dean wins a one-on-one sit-down with a jury member and a chicken. How cool would that be? <laughs> or the chicken goes on the jury. Yeah, this this is your new jury vote. <laughs> it's a chicken. It's going to stump for you. <laughs> they put feed in front of the three final tribal names and whichever one the chicken goes to, that's who the chicken's voting for. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I like that, too. <laughs> Instead of Boston Rob and Sandra voting, the chicken will vote. Oh, the chicken that pecked um, Sandra. Yeah. Yeah. That chicken's been on IOI as well. It should be equally as important. There should be a chicken head statue. <laughs> yeah that's so sad though you just eat it and then so we we evaded this game of chance with janet right where it seemed like if she was gonna you know go for it it was going to be some sort of like hey i'm gonna you know pick something behind my back and if it's this color then you get it. if it's this color then you don't but we get it here in the form of the coin flip and i understand what they're going for i think luck is very intrinsically involved in survivor but I really don't know if the argument of I got this advantage because of a coin flip is really going to earn you a lot of points at the end of the day. I just yeah. go I, I just go back to how it's supposed to relate to jury management. Like, are we supposed <laughs> to know that jury management is essentially just a coin flip? Like, that's what I've learned. Apparently. I mean, that would be more so like I, I think that's less survivor. and That's more so big brother. That's true. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What would a big brother island of the idols look like? It would be, be, 
<laughs> I think Dan and Dan and Janelle, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> the lessons would just be so stupid. <sighs> I wonder what you would get though, because I mean, Big Brother hasn't really moved. Actually, they have started doing the advantage stuff, right? Like you'd get, you won this test, you get the Cloud Power app that you can use. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So maybe they've been doing. They were game changers. They've been doing it for a while now. <laughs> yeah. You, you're now the prankster for a week. <laughs> Which, oh my god that's what they should do they ever do island of the idols again like maybe that's what nora was doing she thought she was the prankster of the week and so she was just hiding dean's shoes on uh on oh yeah her, she's the saboteur yeah, the saboteur. <laughs> and she's like all right jeff give me ten thousand dollars i did my tasks i'm team america <laughs> yeah team america woo yeah like I, I i would like it if it's like okay so we're gonna provide you with an option they tell you know they tell the person okay so you need to do one, two, three. If you do these things, you get, we will send you your advantage. If they approve, then they go back to, you know, they go back to uh, the tribe and like, okay, I didn't get anything. And then like that night they get a delivery of like all these things. So they get like special a- delivery. Yeah. Everyone out on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get like little trinkets that they can use to mess with the tribe and prank them. I would love that. See, that's that's an interesting point, because we saw that with Vince for a second, right? That was probably the closest we got to, like, an outright Team America task mm-hmm. of, like, go sabotage this camp, collect fire, and bring it back. In mm-hmm. retrospect, I wish we had more of that. Like, I think the most interesting tests by far were that, Nora convincing the tribe to be the caller, mm-hmm. and, Lor- and, and Lauren having to make the bet and convince everyone to set out of the challenge. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, those actually brought something. Like, this was, like you said, just, it's a coin flip. Like, it doesn't do anything. And probably, now that he is the idol nullifier, is going to send Janet home, so I'm extra mad about that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, stupid Dean. Okay, but, okay, let's say, let's say the challenge was a coin flip. What is then the appropriate corresponding lesson? That matches flipping I, a coin. I think it's luck, right? It has to come down <laughs> to like... It's all about luck. Like, you, you have to be lucky. So if you think you're lucky, do this coin flip. Like, I think it's as simple as that. Or I guess it could be tied back to the lesson of like, hey, you know, uh, you got to look at things at face value and decide if you want to step away or not. But I feel like there's been like two or three lessons that are all about like risk management and decision making mm-hmm. that maybe that that point doesn't need to be hammered home once more. I don't know. Have we <laughs> learned it yet? Considering we see so many contenders just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Well, do you want to hear? It? No, I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, next week we got teased that there's going to be one more thing that they're going to do with them. And I would love it if it's just Boston Rob playing rock, paper, scissors in a row with every person. And whoever beats Boston Rob gets something. Whoever loses, loses their vote. It looks like there's some sort of weird scavenger hunt. I'm assuming it's going to be a scavenger hunt around Island of the Idols. I think so. Like, but it looks like Dean, like, takes the machete. Uh, I God knows what he's doing with that. So maybe there's something, like, in a tree somewhere. I'm assuming that's going to be their final test so that they could officially you know, finally reveal the secret of Island of the Idols. I guess in that case, though, if it happens at the final five, are Rob and Sandra sitting out in the open at the last two tribal councils or even in the final tribal council? Or are they still going to put them in that booth? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And I assume they're going to get to watch the final tribal council. 
I would love a booth reveal where they're like, well, there's been two people watching this whole time. And then like the flaps of the, the front of the booth falls off and they're just sitting there looking right at them. They're like crouched in the tiny little <laughs> booth and it's awkward and they can like barely wave. They're like, hey, guys. Um, OK, a few things. First of all, Puya, to your idea of rock, paper, scissors, there's some lesson or joke in here about drawing rocks. OK, mm-hmm. the other thing is DK Chillin becomes DK Villain. Oh my god, that was so stupid and so funny. I loved it. And it's and so Dean. And so Dean. I also thought because he had the machete, it might be DK Killin, which also could be there. Uh, oh, I think then Bloopy's regretting voting him out if that's sort of his MO. That's right. I feel like Bloopy would be into that type of thing. Um, but yes, ugh, so funny. Yeah, well, maybe rock, paper, scissors could be like rock, parchment, machete. Where yeah. either you get rocked out of the game, you get a parchment like an extra vote at the next tribal council, or you get a machete where you could like disadvantage someone in the next challenge. With a machete? <laughs> Mike! Uh, do you, what if it's an earlobe balancing challenge and you cut their earlobe off? Yeah, exactly. You have <laughs> the machete. You could, do what, you could do what you want to to <laughs> disadvantage somebody at all costs. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, and then Boston Rob, if you do paper, it'll be like, have you seen paper before? <laughs> this is this is a paper. Do you, all you millennials? This is not a tablet. <laughs> try to swipe on it. Do we think wh- which is worse overall, the coin flip or the Triple H family challenge of draw the same colored rock from a bag as your loved one? Oh, that was bad. Okay, no, the coin flip is worse because can you imagine Nora doing that bag? challenge with the, the and she'd be like oh my gosh blue 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 yeah, blue, 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 blue blue i gotta use the reticular activating system like sister come on we must do this <laughs> oh that would have been funny uh well i guess we'll see next week but yeah it's an interesting it's it's gonna be an interesting finale no matter what i think this is a really interesting final five in general and i can imagine how that sudden departure might change things up a little bit you know it seems to be hinted at that Tommy and Dean have a final three deal, and it seems like they're they're game to take Lauren. We'll see if that plan changes, but we'll see what DK villain Killin Spillin is going to provide. Uh, in the maybe he'll spill some tea in that final tribal council. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was like, he needs to use it for everything. Like, yeah, well, I'm here to DK spilling some tea. Oh, I should do that. I need to come up with a nickname that I can like change to. Yeah, if only he had a barbecue reward, he could say like, I'm DK Grilling yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> all right well let's finish with the question of the week uh last week's question of the week in honor of jeff saying that janet was a weeble wobble when she fell off the perch and got back up basically we asked our listeners to make a jeff probst quote that compared a player to a toy uh so john john had a couple here first he said nora is the energizer bunny that can't stop once you wind her up Mm -hmm. which actually might be the most accurate comparison i've seen to nora and i love her and i love that comparison yeah that's pretty apt i see it and also he said brett labelle is that toy cuddly teddy bear that you can cuddle with. (laughs) but i feel like he's um uh do you guys know teddy ruxpin yes is that like teddy teddy it's a teddy bear where you put a tape in and he like told you a story. I feel ah. like that's Brett LaBelle. It's like he'll hug uh, you, but he'll also like tell you a big story. Yes, but it's got to be bigger, though. Like I had a bear when I was little. Oh, my God. I remember. OK, so at the grocery store, 
where I grew up when I was little, they were selling these giant. Wait, it sounds like you said you grew up at a grocery store. (laughs) Yes. I always wanted, if I got locked, well, I wanted to get locked in like a Target or a Walmart, but if I got locked in the grocery store, that would also be cool because then I could eat all the food. Okay. So there was this really giant teddy bear and I wanted it so bad. And then my dad was like, well, he was like, you don't, do you have the money to buy it yourself? And I was like, no. And then he was like, okay, well, I'll offer you a loan. This was my dad teaching me about personal finance. He loaned (laughs) me my allowance for uh, four weeks, but he was like, okay, but I need to take a fifth week because you get the money now. It was like, right. Like he was teaching me about interest. Anyway, long story short, it was a giant bear and I, I got it and it's amazing. The end. So, all right, actually, now let's go back here. Could that have been an Island of the Idols lesson where Rob says, like, here's an idol you have to use in the first three tribal councils or you have to give it back to me? Mm. Like, do, do you think that would have been an interesting factor to add into the game? Well, uh, I guess so. Like, if you had to give it back. But I mean, oh, like you had to. Yeah, but then I guess if you didn't need it, you would just give it back. Yeah, or you could hang on to it maybe as like a fake idol or something. Sort of like mm. what um what Chrissy did with the idol given to her in the first episode of Triple H. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, we didn't get to see more negotiating on Island yeah. of the Idols. No, yeah, the I, the only person was Kelly when she and it only happened because she said, um yeah. I think maybe I think maybe it happened with Lauren, I want to say too. Like basically just the moment of hesitation allowed Boss of Robin Sandra to, to start wheeling and dealing. Yeah, we gotta remember that if they ever do that twist again. Yeah, but Dan and Dan and Janelle, I think, will be uh, harder sells. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jonathan Troyer, and he preferences this because uh, it's a Natalie White thing. And he says, this is not his actual opinion of Natalie's game. But he feels like Jeff Probst would say, Natalie White seems to be playing this game like everyone plays Mousetrap. Not actually playing the game, just killing rodents. <laughs> I can see Probst saying that. <laughs> did you guys ever actually play Mousetrap or did you just set up the Rube Goldberg machine? Oh, we just set up the Rube Goldberg machine. I remember because my sister had it and it was always such a treat to go visit my sister. And one of the things we would do was play Mousetrap, which was, yeah, just setting it up and then playing with the Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Sinensky says, when someone gets idled out without remotely being a target, Jeff would say, like a piece from the game Crossfire, they got caught in the crossfire. <laughs> It's like his final words at Tribal Council. Yeah. Maybe, Jeff, maybe you should have skipped it that week like you did last yeah. week if that's what you're coming up <laughs> with. You just edited that out. <laughs> I don't know. Crossfire had maybe one of the most intense toy commercials I've ever seen. I do not remember do you, it. Do you guys remember that? The Crossfire! <laughs> like the hard rock commercial where the kids look like they were in like post-apocalyptic universe. Ooh, no. <laughs> did it feature Bloopy the Clown? Should. Yeah, blue that's where Bloopy comes in and just like completely slaughters them all on crossfire. <laughs> and then them. First I don't know why, but for some reason that reminds me of um from UHF Gandhi 2. And I just I don't know why, but I'm picturing Gandhi and Bloopy like killing everybody. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, like, you know, but like it's like cartoony because it's like in Gandhi too. But but would it be dollar store Gandhi? Yeah, do- like Grandi. <laughs> yeah. Like misquoted and stuff. <laughs> Funny. Uh Parker Schimler says Purple Kelly is the invisible man. Mm. I don't know if that's a toy, but I think that's an apt comparison. I think I uh I saw that at the dollar store once. Or didn't see it, as it were. Mm. That'd be an interesting sales tactic of like, ooh, invisible detergent. Yes. Ooh, or the invisible man. You know how they have the packaging where it's like the plastic and you can see the toy inside? Yeah. And you mm-hmm. can't see the toy inside. 
There's, I've seen, like, you can gift someone nothing, and it's just the plastic container. You can see that there's nothing inside. What, it is, like, gift nothing? Yeah, it's called nothing, and you can buy it. Oh, yeah, gift nothing present. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Finally, (laughs) Logan says, Nora, your strategy must be like a game of Twister, all tangled up and on the verge of collapsing to the ground. Oh my god! I haven't played Twister in forever. That would be really fun to play again. Do do adults like Nor- play Twister? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd say it's more so like a, tw- a person in their twenties mm. type of thing. Uh, I I remember the the Twister game that I played fondly was during the summer. There was a version of Twister where you would pump it full of water. And then if you stepped on certain things, water would come up and squirt you in the face. <laughs> oh, oh, you would play it outside, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I was just going to say. <laughs> like, your living room all wet. Um, so I, I actually was also inspired by Nora, but I had said that she was more like a bop it. Because it gets, it builds, it gets increasingly stressful. <laughs> and I feel like that's what dealing with Nora would be like. Yeah, I think. And then sometimes, like, sometimes she might be in a twisted mood. Sometimes she can be in a pull it mood, but then she wants to bop it and speak the unspoken. Exactly. Puya, do you have an idea of a toy you want to compare to a Survivor contestant? Um, well, I think, uh, as far because I'm trying, I was trying to picture it like Jeff Probe saying it. So I could picture Jeff Probe saying, Dean with the one two combination like a rock'em sock'em robot. Oh, so, yeah, that's I could see Jeff saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping he doesn't get his block knocked off. <laughs> DK punching. <laughs> uh, mine, I compared it to a past contestant, but it'd be like Tony. You're like one of those corn popper toys. You're just letting the balls fly everywhere as you're moving those wheels. What? Did you ever know those corn popper toys? What's a corn popper toy? So you know that thing that's like a dome above a bunch of balls, and as you push it along, the balls start like popping and moving around. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why oh. it's called a, a corn. I guess, I guess it's like it, it's like popcorn, uh, uh, you know, like especially stovetop popcorn. But I guess that's why it's called a corn popper. I see. Do you have one for Asher? Not yet, because he's not mobile. Uh. But I'm assuming we'll get one for him. And it will immediately make us regret our decision once he actually starts moving around with yeah, it. Don't those things make noise too? Yeah, they go. Oh, that's you're gonna love those are, that. Like, wooden balls being thrown around. But I feel like it's it's a good description of Tony's erratic game style mm. of like. He just makes the balls fly everywhere and he's constantly moving at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, I also had a one that <laughs> Tommy's a pet rock. <laughs> oh, I know. I thought of that and then I was like, that's mean. And then I wrote the Nora one, which for some reason isn't mean. <laughs> I don't know. So the question of the week for next week, our finale podcast. Can't believe it is finally here and I'm also a bit happy that it's finally here. <laughs> um, so Nora, as we talked about numerous times, hid Dean's beloved sneakers. So, non-destructively, we're not talking Holly Hoffman, like, put someone's shoes in the water. Where is the best place at camp to hide someone else's stuff? Whether they be shoes or boxer briefs, in Puya's case, find a place in a typical survivor camp to hide someone's stuff. You can reach out to us with this response in many ways. Hashtag R-H-A-P-B-N-B on Twitter. Uh, you can respond to the post and all the various postings on RobHasWebsite.com or on Facebook. You can email us, R-H-A-P-B-N-B at gmail.com as we continue to bring on our traditional guests for the end game. We had Puya on this week, and of course, Eric Stein will be returning 
to talk through maybe one of the possible choices for Big Brother Island of the Idols to talk through this finale. I will also be at the quote-unquote live finale next week. Uh, I believe Rob and I are actually going to have a bit of a, a podcast after the finale to talk through our own experiences. It should be very, very interesting, but I'm excited to at least interact with the cast again after I got to see them, you know, several months back, see how this all plays out, and we'll be able to pontificate a lot more on our thoughts overall with this season, probably with Survivor at its current state. It's at a very interesting state at the moment, but for now, Puya, you busted can of ham sandwich. Thank you for coming on, recapping the decade for us, submitting yourselves to some of the, the craziness that we always provide. It's always a delight to have you on. It's always a delight to have a stay at the BNB. I really do enjoy this. And for some of the low points this season has brought, you guys have continued to be a beacon of positivity. And I thank you both for it. Aww. Thank you. We are beacons of positivity. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Mike, also, please uh, tell me if anybody comes up to you at the finale, like any of the contestants is like, you're the soup guy. <laughs> yes, I'll, I will say if any, if I, I'll try to get to the bottom of if any of them actually talked about the soup mm -hmm. uh, once they actually entered the game. I thought that was going to be the weirdest thing <laughs> about this season. And I that was just like the tip of the spoon. Yeah. It seems. Um, Puya, for people who want to check out more of your stuff, I know you guys are nearing the end. I believe The Masked Singer ends next week on the exact same night and time as Survivor. Uh, how can people catch up with you on social media and get yours and Liana's thoughts about everything Masked Singer? Uh, so they can find me on social media at Puyaism on all major platforms. Um, yeah, so we finished recording the uh, double delight episode um on thursday i still have to send that over to scott so it'll be in your feed soon um and as far as finding the podcast itself you can find it at uh, robhasawebsite.com slash mass singer and we will be talking about the finale we still have some you know big heavy hitters left in the competition uh one of us might have more people from their draft than the other mm. but we're not going to talk about that because we're not that type of people how dare you? Um, yes, yeah, so you can find me on social media at Liana Boris. Um, and yeah, what Puya said, Mass Singer, it's happening. And that's a thing. So check it out. Uh, do we think Bloopy might be in contention <gasps> for one of the contestants next season? Oh, okay. So I do know that they're filming season three right now. So we need to try to push the Bloopy the Clown costume <laughs> because... <laughs> oh, the costume, not even the identity. <laughs> Someone dressed up as yeah, Bloopy. Yeah, exactly. Because I need more nightmare fuel. So if we could just get that going, uh, I think it's a winner for sure. Oh, uh, I think Nicole Scherzinger would have found a new crush if we bring Bloopy, Bloopy. in as a costume. Mm -hmm. We all know Bloopy's sexy. <laughs> yeah, I'll honk that. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can follow me at a Mike Bloom type. You can check out the exit interview I did with Elaine. Really encourage people to check that out. I mean, Elaine is just such a lovely individual, and it felt really great, especially amidst the negativity that the end of the episode brought to remind ourselves of the positivity that her presence on this season brought. I'll also be bringing a bunch of exit press as well. I'll be doing uh, the red carpet interviews next week at the finale with the top five, which should be super interesting too. Be sure to check out down the hatch, our lost retrospective podcast with Josh Wiggler just released a very interesting podcast on the, uh, the episode numbers where we go way 
way off the beaten path in terms of discussion, but it was still a lot of fun. We actually just finished recording a backlog of episodes that are going to release over the next month and a half, and it was an absolute delight. I hope you have a delight listening to it as well. But that's going to do it here for the B&B. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre for editing this behind the scenes. Paul Oselson, our head writer. Will from America. Special thanks to Liana, of course, and Puya for coming on and all your great work. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope we were able to provide some wackiness and lighthearted fare in lieu of a very tough episode to watch. One more to go for this season, this year, and this decade, and I cannot wait to see what happens. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll check you out at your next day. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. H-A-P-B-M-B Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name